Welcome to the Wannabe Hunting Podcast. This is your host, Amos Medford. Thanks so much for joining us once again, and we are excited today to kick off our turkey series. Spring 2022 turkey season. I don't know if it's upon us, but uh, man, we're getting there, so it is, it's uh, exciting. Um, super excited on this episode to have Mr. Toby Dean Smith, and uh, he was he was kind enough to join me and just talk all about uh, turkeys. We had a good time, and I think y'all will have a good time listening. So I uh, hope you learn a few things and just enjoy the conversation. You can always uh, shoot us a message on Instagram at wannabe hunting podcast and uh, follow along there and see what all we have going on. Check out our link tree and everything uh, going on there. So really appreciate it. Had a uh, listener follower, uh, Justin, shout out to Justin, uh, designed a t-shirt that, uh, had a few people, um, wanting to get ordered. So that's available. Um, you can find that in the, in the link tree, uh, along with, uh, a few other products and things that we like, not, uh, sponsored, not staff or anything, but, uh, there's some good folks out there we like to support. So, uh, like to pass that along to y'all. Um, with that said, Let's uh, let's move on and let's jump into this uh, this turkey talk with Mr. Toby Dean. Welcome to the Wannabe Hunting Podcast. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Mr. Toby Dean of Twenty One South. Did I get that right, bud? That's correct. Awesome, man. Now, Twenty One South is that a road over there, or what's that? Uh... It is actually it's Highway Twenty One. It's uh it's kind of where I grew up on. I'm about four miles east of it um cool. that's where i grew up hunting and fishing and living and everything like that we had a lot of family land on it and my dad's actually his chicken farms on it so i got a lot of history and memories on highway 21 so i just kind of said well if i want to start something i might as well do something that's got a a mental sentimental value to it to me so that's kind of where i went with it and that's how i got the name yeah that's that's cool man um that's pretty neat that you got, you know, family memories and everything there. That's awesome. How did you, uh, how did you actually get into hunting? Is that something you did, you know, with your dad, you know, since you can remember or how'd you get into it? Well, actually my dad hunted a lot when he was young, but the older he got, he was one of those type of people that, um, when he went hunting, he realized more what he could be doing at home and accomplishing and doing stuff like that. So I had two grandparents that, um, two grandpas that were huge into it one was a big turkey hunter and one was all about the deer Mm -hmm. and i just got a a spoonful from both of them on both ends of the spectrum and so many people don't get that opportunity and i was really blessed to grow up literally from when i was five years old was when i actually killed my first deer Um, so i started at a young age and they filled me up to where i am and then i kind of grew up and started doing it on my own and I started picking up a camera, and honestly, now I do more of watching and shooting through a lens than I do through a gun, which is right. okay because I get to capture that stuff, and it gets to stay with me a lot longer than some memories would last, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And that's pretty awesome that you got to go with your, your granddads. You know, um, I actually got into hunting as an adult, so um, I didn't have that opportunity. I had a great childhood. No, no complaints about my family, but... Um, just didn't didn't grow up in a hunting family so that's always awesome to hear that that you did but i like what you said there you know you kind of got 
a turkey and deer, you know, one from each. And I talk to a lot of guys or see a lot of guys that are turkey only or deer only. And I'm kind of in the middle. I'm like, I like both. So that's, that's kind of cool. Yeah. I, it, it just depends what time of the year is, is what my mindset is. I'm kind of like you, I'm in the middle and whatever's romping and rare and I'm after them. So. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's kind of how I'm, I'm getting to be a, I'm trying a little to dabble a little bit in the duck hunting and stuff like that, but you know, whatever's, whatever's in season is pretty exciting. Right. I see. I used to, I, I got into duck hunting probably, I don't know, about six years ago. And, um, I did it for about three seasons hard and I thought this was the coolest thing in the world. And it just, it, it just, for some reason it faded for me. I never I guess just thinking about having to buy the duck stamps and all that kind of stuff. And then you buy a $30 box of shells and then your waders get a hole and you got to buy another $300 worth of waders. And then you got deer season on top of that where you're filling up a feeder or you buying uh, buying out of state license and stuff like that. When it all adds up together, you just kind of count which one means the most you want to put your money involved in. And also being from East central Mississippi, where I'm at, the duck hunting is not, top tier that that doesn't help you drive um yeah yeah for sure um but i still got some buddies you know they still chase them two or three days out of the week they were actually hunting on my place this morning i got a really nice duck hole with not really great many green heads but i have a lot of gadwall that come to it and they went out there this morning and killed a few but like i said i don't care it's on my own place and i still don't even do it myself (laughs) Yeah, all, my yeah. hat's off to his hat is off to all the people who love it and chase it though. Don't want to take anything from them, you know. Yeah, yeah, totally agree, man. Totally agree. Well, I I got you on here to kind of kind of jump into turkey hunting. You know, a lot of us are transitioning from from being all in for deer season to uh, to really looking forward to uh, you know chasing some turkeys. So, um, you know, just going into that. What do you do as far as scouting for turkeys? Um, you know, you like to go and and call and listen early in the morning. Are you driving around like that? Or, you, you know, catch some on trail cameras on your places or, uh, you know, all of the above? What what kind of what kind of scouting do you have going on for turkeys? Well, man, typically where I'm at, I have a lot and I have a lot of hay fields and all that kind of stuff like that. So I get the I get the chance to watch all of those and I have trail cameras while I run feeders um Mm -hmm. until the end of january so all through the winter i at least know what my turkey population is looking like and then we mid um february we typically pull our feeders and all that kind of stuff so i get to watch that and then i set trail cameras up just on basic fields and stuff and i burn off and so trail cameras get to watch burn areas and all that kind of stuff and clover patches and that's really my scouting i've never been one that um spends a lot of the time months in advance the two or three weeks before season you know i like to go and listen and try to get one figured figured out that i want to use opening day or try to kill opening day i should say um but i'm not one of those that goes out in february and starts listening and some people do that and i've just never really had much luck of listening until about three weeks before season and you'll start hearing one breaking off on a not as cool morning when it's feeling right and all that kind of good stuff gotcha all in all, I'm, I'm really, I've been blessed as far as my turkey population. I don't have to do a whole lot of hunting and scouting. I've been blessed with a lot of private land, mm-hmm. which I know a lot of people don't get that opportunity, and I'm thankful for that. Um, 
but I spend most of my time just I, the last three weeks before season, I get in there and pick him out and we roll on from there. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm blessed as well to have a couple of private, private areas to hunt and, uh, they're nothing crazy, nothing that's managed like, you know, like something, something you'd see on, uh, on TV, but, <laughs> but, uh, no, they're, they're good places to get in, easy to get access and that type of thing. Plus the cameras and all, um, you know, not as worried about getting them stolen or something like that. So it's, it's definitely, right. a plus, but, but yeah, that's, that's interesting. Cause I've heard all kinds of things from, you know, guys who go out there and listen, you know, like you said, two months in advance and all that, but, uh, that's cool. That's right. Like I said, I've just, I've always just kind of had them on my block. So I don't have to, I don't take that. I don't try not to take advantage of that, you know, but it's, it's good to have that sometimes, you know, especially when you're filming, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to spend weeks preparing for them. You just kind of get in there and tuck in tight and hope for the best. Yeah, absolutely. And when you go out turkey hunting, you know, um, there's a whole lot of, well, there's a pretty decent bit of gear involved. Um, of course, you're you're taking cameras and, and good stuff like that. But when it comes to the actual, you know, turkey hunting, um, is there like some calls that you lean lean toward? Do you wear, um, you know, a specific turkey vest or anything like that that, you know, it comes to gear? Well, I've always used houndstooth game calls. Um, they've always been really good to me. They've always kind of sent me some things here and there, and we've always been pretty close, me and Lyle. And, um, I've always kind of stuck with them and I typically, I, as far as long back, as long back as I can remember, I've always wore green leaf, mossy oak, you know, that's just kind of the thing of the South here, especially in Mississippi, you know, I've always stuck with that. And, um, I'm not a decoy hunter. You're talking about if I was just hunting, you know, I, if I go hunting, I don't use decoys, but when it comes to the filming aspect. I'm trying to paint a picture, you know. Um, so sometimes I have to go out there and set up a strutter decoy in a hand to get him in there close and try to really milk the film because, I mean, you got Dave Owens at, as um, Panola. They're both doing that run and gun thing, and they get a turkey in at 20, 30, 40 yards without a decoy. Mm-hmm. But I kind of, you know, that's their thing. You know, I don't want to try to jump in and try to do that. I just want to try to paint a cinematic beautiful picture is what I'm kind of my game plan is um I don't want to take not that I don't think I could take anything away from Dave Owens or the Panola guys but you know they're they're top tier to me and um I just kind of want to do it different I want to I want to chase a cinematic thing and that's what I'm going to stick with you know yeah no that's cool and and that's the type honestly I kind of lean toward that's the type of stuff I like to watch you know if I'm on YouTube whatever watching hunting I like the stuff that's kind of you know, kind of produced, you know, cinematic, like you said, um, cause I'm, I'm a new hunter, like kind of like I mentioned to you, I think I shot you a message, you know, saying that uh, I've only been doing it, you know, a few years I've killed one Turkey and, uh, it was a good one, but, <laughs> but, um, you know, if you listen to different podcasts and stuff or go on social media, you'll see them where it's like, you know, you're not really hunting. If you have a blind, you're not really hunting. If you use, TSS, you're not really hunting if you use decoy or whatever, and um, that's fine. I, I'll, more respect to the guys who who don't use decoys, who don't use blinds. That that's awesome. That's so crazy and awesome that they can still kill them, you know. But <laughs> I'm not personally going to hold it against anybody who does either. Right, I don't either. I um, 
now I personally I shoot TSS and it's it's not the fact that I want to shoot 180 yards and all of that kind of thing but I think of it like this when it comes to deer season you get the best bow you can you get right. the sharpest broadheads you get the best arrows you get the best bullets you get the best gun you got you go all this preparation you want to make it as ethical and clean of a kill on a deer as you possibly can when it comes to hunting in the woods or the field or whatever you're doing I see a turkey is the same way. Not saying that a long beard XR can't rock one's world. I know for a fact that it'll kill one just as good as any of the rest. But if I have the option to take the most ethical shot and and make it as ethical of a kill as I can based on the bullet I have, whether one's rated at a 5 and one's rated at a 10, I want to go with a 10 because I want to treat that animal with as much respect because I'm already taking his life, you know? Mm. So if I have to shoot through a bush or if I have to shoot through something else or if I have to shoot one at 50 yards, I don't want to have any question that when I pull that trigger that there's any doubt that I'm going to wound this bird or I'm going to cripple him down or I'm going to hurt him and he's going to die two weeks later. I want to know when I pull my trigger that this is it, you know? Yep. And like I said, I'm not taking away from a long beard XR. I mean, so with the right gun, it, it don't matter where he's standing or what you're shooting through, it's right. But, you know, I just, that's a personal preference. And that's a, that's a hole that you can spend a lot of time talking about. And a lot of people agree and disagree. And that's just my opinion on it, you know? Yeah, I think you're hundred percent right. And, um, you know, I like the analogy to like bow hunting a deer, like, you know, I want, you know, 300 feet per second and sharpest broadhead and all that stuff. Not so I can shoot a deer at 80 yards, but so that when I have one come out at 15 or 20, I feel confident in it, you know? Right. Right. I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. And it's funny you brought up the Longbeard XR because the one I shot, I shot with Longbeard XR. Man, I've killed until 70 with no, uh, no choke. <laughs> look until, until TSS started really popping in the last few years, that's all I ever used. You know, now I didn't shoot turkeys over 35 yards, which it, to me, I don't still don't shoot one over about 45. Um, but a long beard XR is, is a deadly, deadly bullet and it's bang for the buck. That's the way to go. But like I said, I just, I treat the game with respect and I want to give them the best I have. If I'm going to go out there and take his life, I'm at least going to throw the best thing I can at him. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And talking about ammo, what, uh, what kind of shotgun do you use? I actually have a super black Eagle three. I just got it at the end of the season last year. Um, nice. but predominantly I have shot a Remington 870 20 gauge youth model for the last few years. And let me tell you what, if you got the right choke and the right blitz and all that kind of stuff, a Remington 870 20 gauge is tough to be. I, I've, I've put it through heck. I've shot through stuff. I've shot flying. I've shot running. I've done it all. I actually just sent mine off to get dipped in bottom land and tapped for a red dot. So She's been good to me through the years, so I'm going to treat her, treat her pretty good this year. <laughs> That's fantastic, man. I've got a Remington 870 12-gauge, and it's it's all black, like tactical-looking one. Right. And, uh, I want to get it dipped. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see like, if that future. I, yeah, everything I wear is green leaf from my hat to my boots to my clothes, my pants. So I said, well, I might as well match my gun if I'm going to do it. So I went ahead and sent her off. Yeah, I like it, man. That's awesome. Um, you mentioned earlier, uh, you know, you like houndstooth. Um, do you use, um, 
like a pot call or mouth calls only or box some of both or all three or what do you use a Man, lot? I, I, I take a box with me. I mean, it's always on my vest, but it's not something I typically use. You know, you have a really hard wind day and you're trying to strike one up. Sometimes you may use it, but all in all, I'm a mouth call type of guy. Mm-hmm. I actually, my, I have a slate call too, and it's not a hound's tooth. It's actually a, a local guy from where I am, and he passed years and years ago, and mm. he gave my grandpa about six of them. And as far as I know, I've never seen another one of these calls anywhere in the world not the shape or anything it's pretty unique and um it's beautiful i've I've used all kind of calls and it's hard to match that sound but i still i use that when i want to be quiet or be you know just kind of chilling somewhere not really wanting to be acting crazy i'll kind of scratch on that thing a little bit but typically i'm a mouth call type of guy houndstooth um makes one called an ace and a kb hen and if you put either one of those in your mouth with the right amount of time and a little practice, I, I, there ain't a turkey you can't call in if he's if he's a if he's a turkey that can be called in. You know what I'm saying? I do. Yep. <laughs> um, no, but that's, that's cool. those are my two go to is the Ace and the KB and anything by Houndstooth from the straps to the clothes to the calls, man, you can't go wrong any day of the week. That's cool, man. Yeah, I've I've heard uh, definitely heard good things about him. I've got a, a local guy here. Um, that I want to get a, you know, some glass from. Uh, he actually doesn't make um, mouth calls, so, uh, which which I hadn't figured them out yet. I've done a little bit of practice for sure, but uh, I've got some work to do on on mouth calling. Yes, sir. We all need a we all need a tune up every once in a while. I'm not the best, but I, I always say if it'll kill one, don't fix what's broken. You know. <laughs> yep, yep. If if you can kill them, you're you're good enough. That's right. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Is there any other, what kind of, um, what kind of vest do you have? You know, years ago, I, um, I started filming in the outdoor industry. I was with a show called trained assassins. Um, they were on the sportsman channel and then I got on with primos and I was with primos for a deer season and a turkey season. And me and Mr. Troy Ruiz, um, mm-hmm. I'm sure you've heard of him. Oh yeah. Uh, have, we got really close and he gave me his turkey vest and it's just a, an old bot, uh, green leaf Primo's turkey vest. And um, I've been using it for about four years now. And it's, and I imagine I'll continue to run it just because it was the Troy Ruiz's turkey vest, you know. Yep. Um, but that's what I use as far as vest. And I mainly, like I said, I, I don't use a whole lot of call. And I got that one box call and a mouth call. And I use that little slate every once in a while. So I really just carry the vest because of the seat on the back of it. Because I can carry everything I got in my side pockets. Um, But that's the one I run. I use the Primo's vest. I'm not actually sure what the name of it is called. But it's just the old green leaf vest they come out with a few years ago. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, I know when I listen to the Primo's podcast, I'm I'm always excited when Troy's on there. He's, He's my favorite personally, so. He is very educational in, in more aspects than hunting and life and all. He's just, if you haven't ever got the opportunity to sit down and talk to him or meet him, he's definitely one you need to try to get in with because yeah. he's about as good as they come. Yeah. I know sometimes with the, with the, uh, I guess I'll call them the big time guys, like on Instagram, if I message them, it'll go straight to spam. But yeah, he's, he's one I'd love to have on the podcast. Well, I, um, I'll let him know you're interested, and I'll try to get him in touch with you. Hey, man, I would, I would 
Absolutely appreciate that. I oh pre- yeah, for sure. Cool, cool, man. So, so you filmed with them for uh, for one year. I did. I one- did. I um I filmed with filmed their season for about two and a half months, and pretty much half the season. And then mm-hmm. I filmed uh about four, three or four turkey trips with them, and. Then I came home and I bought a chicken farm. So I am a full-time chicken farmer who likes to do videos on the side. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. You know, I, I talked to uh, uh, another guy, haven't got him on yet, who's done some filming. Um, um, man, I think his name is Josh. It's escaping me now. Anyway, he's done some filming with Bone Collector. Yeah, uh, Josh Moore. Exactly. Is that yeah. who you're talking about? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah he's a super uh, guy full-time uh watermelon farm yeah <laughs> or I didn't know, you know m- growing up talking about my grandpa that's what we always did we did we didn't do it to the extent that he does but we would sell watermelons and make probably three or four thousand dollars a year and then that would cover all hunting expenses for that next year or two you know so that's kind of that was that one reason i got to do a lot of the hunting stuff and because we grew watermelons all summer and i don't compare it to a watermelon farmer I didn't actually realize how big of an industry it was until I met him. Yeah. I actually haven't met him, but through media, we talk all the time and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, you know, he, he seems to be doing pretty good with those melons. Yeah. He's, he's a top notch guy just from my, you know, limited, you know, texting back and forth. But, uh, but yeah, they, I think they have multiple farms or something. They're, they're, they've got a big operation when it comes, comes to the watermelons. <laughs> right. And I actually think he does like, uh brush and tree mulching and all that kind of stuff on the side other than the filming right so he is a busy dude i mean his his plate's full and he kills big deer year round i mean throughout the season so i mean he's got it made yeah yeah sounds like it's a lot of work but uh you know it's easy easy to look at it and say man he's he's living the life so but I, i like what you said about doing the uh watermelons to pay for pay for the hunting stuff man i gotta what i need to do is find something i can use to, to finance all this stuff <laughs> like um I, like i said earlier i'm a newlywed and I, uh-huh. I told my wife that um before we have find out we have a kid on the way i know that's always in god's plan um yep. but i told her till then i said i want to go i want to run and gun i want to <laughs> try to knock a few bucket list things off so she said honey you can go and do all you want, but you're going to have to do something extra to make the co- make the payments on it. I said, all right. So this summer I'm going, I'm going to try to line up some yards and going to pressure wash and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. I've been working with an air conditioner company for the last, last six years. And I may do a little of that here and there. So yeah. I don't know, but I got to do something because I ain't going to run and gun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That sounds good, man. I've, um, you know, I've got a two and a half year old, uh, uh, eight month old so we're we're having fun but we're we're pretty busy just at home so you add yeah. in uh you know add in a few other things like hunting and stuff that takes a lot of time and money you know it, you start squeezing your minutes and squeezing your budget real quick so for sure for sure with two kids for sure <laughs> yes yeah, so it, it's always a lot of fun but I, I can't wait to get them out hunting with me that's gonna be the real fun right my brother has got three he's got a little girl and two boys and his son, both of his sons killed their first deer at three. Wow. Uh, and his oldest boy killed a turkey at four. Um, and this year he killed a 10-point, a spike, and like two does. And he's not even, he's four. So he's had, <laughs> no, I take that back. He just turned five. 
but he's had an eventful couple of beginning years. I think he's got the taste of it that <laughs> what he needs to get going. Yeah, I'd say he's got a he's got a start on it. Yes, sir. It's been a good season for him so far. That's awesome, man. Very cool. What uh man, this has been fun. Uh what's a favorite like hunting story? I mean, uh we've been mostly talking turkey. Um but man, I don't care what it is or whether it was when you're filming for for primos or hunting you've been on yourself, you know, a bird that you killed or, or one of your buddies or whatever. What's a you know, any any story uh, that stands out to you you'd like to tell or a couple of them? I, I'll tell you one from last year. I actually got two from last year, but I'll start with one with my grandpa. He um mm-hmm. He's always been a turkey killing machine, and he's one of those guys that he gets there at daylight, and he's going to sit there until he kills him. You know, a lot of people get there, and if he's not gobbling off the roost, they want to back out and come mm-hmm. back later and all that kind of stuff. He is not that guy. Right. And I had not really hunt. We've hunted here and there through the last couple of years. But last year, I said, let's go hunting. And we did. And um, we went up to a place we got in Union, Mississippi. And we had one right off the roost. And our hunting tactics, the older I've got, they're like night and day. They're polar opposite. Mm-hmm. I'm the type of guy, when I hear one goblin, I want to see how close I can get to his toenails when he hits the ground you know what i'm saying i want to be right up under that turkey and he's not he likes to set up and he likes to wait for him to come in and all that kind of stuff which is fine when i go with him we go his way right we set up on this turkey and we know exactly where he's at he's on a ditch line there's a tree line that goes down the ditch i mean he could go to either side but i mean there's nowhere for him to go but there you know and i'm like oh man we're just gonna go set up on this ditch and we're gonna be right on him well, we go set up about 250 yards, 250 yards from him. <laughs> and uh, he hits the ground, and he's got four hens with him. And, he, you know, he kind of comes to us. He gets to about 100 yards from us. I don't know if he's coming to us or he's just kind of coming down the ditch line and he cut the distance. Um, but he come down there, and he was looking for us. And we don't, like I said, we try not to hunt with decoys as much if we can just because we just like to, to fool the turkey with our with, – with us between his eyes, not with what is what's in his eyes. You know, we want him to come find us, not right. see something and come to it. That's just kind of the style that I like. Um, but he got there and he didn't see nothing. Of course, he had hens with him, so he had no reason to just up and leave at that point in the day. So we right. stuck with him. Seven thirty come around, eight o'clock came around, nine o'clock came around, and he kind of shuts up and then. My grandpa's like, let's move in. Let's 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 move. I was like, all right, well, I'm down for that. Well, we cut about 75 to 100 yards off. The bird had just crossed the ditch, and he went up on the side of this hill where this guy feeds his cows and stuff. So there's a hay lot up in there, and you know they like to scratch around and all that kind of good stuff in that. And um, about 9:45, man, he started firing back up, and I was like, well, this could be good. And I started watching and I saw him coming down the hill and I could see him kind of coming through the trees and he goes from 150 yards and he's at 100 yards and he's at 60 yards and he comes across the ditch and I'm like, oh, this is it. He's coming and he gets to about 50 and I'm like, I'm like, Pod, I said, I know he's 50. I said, but if he, he tries something, just roll him. And, you know, we're hunting on a place, you know, it's kind of a year to year thing. You don't never know if you'll get to hunt again. I was like, 
you don't never know this could be the last time and we were sitting there and all of a sudden i said that and he's like to the right to the right i look and another gobbler's coming from the right he's hauling (laughs) butt in the one in front of us they meet up together and as soon as the turkey jumped up to flap the to uh slap each other with his wings and flog each other he rolled one just and i was like oh my gosh like i didn't even get i got him killing him on film Right. But I, as soon as he said turkey, I panned right, got on the turkey, and as soon as they both come in frame, I had point one seconds. The turkey started to jump, and he rolled him, and um, and that was that. And that just being with him, and you know, he taught me a lot of the things that I know, and all that kind of stuff, and getting right. to take that in with him, you know, it's just one of those moments that 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 hunt is probably one of my top in my memory bank, as yeah. far as being with him and all that kind of good stuff. And, um, yeah, that's if, a I to, story. <laughs> if I have to tell one on myself, mm-hmm. which was the last one I killed last year, and it, it was probably one of the coolest hunts I've ever been on. We have about a hundred, hundred, 110 acres back behind my parents' place. And I was on the Southeast corner of the place where they typically are. And I heard one fire off on the Northwest side of the place. It's like, well, that gum, I don't guess I've ever heard a turkey gobble on that end. Well, I, I run back out and get up there on them, and I, they're in the thicket. I mean, it's really thick, and um, I'm right on the um, edge of the thicket. Like, I couldn't believe they were up in it, and when I got up there, I was probably 60 yards from where they were roosted. I mean, I couldn't have been no more perfect, um, and ended up being three of them there. When I, by the time I got up there, they was all three hammering at everything, and I heard them pitch out of the tree. I could hear them drumming and spitting, and, man, they were – scratching leaves and they were just putting on everything in the world and they were within 40 yards of me and i couldn't even see a shimmer of a turkey it was that thick i couldn't believe it and um i listened to him for a little bit and i'd light yelp and right before i was like all right i'm gonna throw one more thing and then i said another thing if they come they come they don't they don't now, take in mind these turkeys are 35 40 yards i'm talking they're on top of me mm-hmm. and um I said, well, I'm finna cut at them. And I cut real hard, man. And they just all three, like, double gobbled. I was like, oh, my gosh. I said, but that's it. Well, I'm standing there. I, didn't, I haven't even got down. I'm standing up against an oak tree and leaned up against it with my shoulder. And I got my gun barrel rested on my boot. Just kind of standing there. I'm like, well, let's see. Well, it wasn't but a minute. I heard leaves getting louder and louder and scratching. And I was like, this turkey is on top of me. And I heard one go, I was like, I don't know. I said, he knows something ain't right. And I looked down at my foot, and his head is sticking around the tree. He's literally two foot from me. I was like, I know I can't move. I'm just sitting there in my mind. I'm saying, this turkey right here, he's either going to run or he's going to pick straight up like a helicopter. I said, I'm not moving until he does one of the two, and that'll give me just enough time to pick up and shoot. And he took about eight steps. And he picked up like a helicopter, and I shot him at eight steps. And just having one that close, you know, him having him sticking his head around the tree and looking at me, you know, it was just something different. It's not something that happens every day. And I was standing up and everything. It was just one of those hunts that was like, wow. You know, it just kind of happened like that. But, yeah, that's too cool. That is amazing yes, on that close. Yes, sir. That's the closest I've had a gobbler. I've had some hens pretty close, you know, kind of 
curious hen wanting to walk up and check things out, but I've never had a long beard that close in my life. And I don't know that I want another one that close. That's a little bit too close for comfort. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, that's that's almost too close. I'm with you. Yes, sir. That's pretty cool, man. What uh, what advice would you give to a newer, you know, turkey hunter? Um, you know, those are awesome stories. Um, you know, sounds like you've you've shot a lot of turkeys, filmed a lot of filmed a lot of turkey hunting and everything. You know, for yes, for sir. Who's, you know, not, not an not an expert. You know, what kind of what kind of advice would you give them? Man, there's there's all kind of advice you can give a lot of different people, and um, yeah. in today's world, uh, you got so many different options. You know, you got you got stuff from the internet to people to everything. You like when I was growing up, YouTube really YouTube hunting advice really wasn't a thing. Um, but if if somebody come up to me today and ask me advice, I could give them. If they knew somebody who's had experience, I would go with somebody. That's me. Uh, and every, not most people probably don't even have that option, but a lot do. If you have that option, go with somebody who's got some experience, kind of get your feet under you and um, go from there. But if you don't have that, man, I, I, I know a decent amount of turkey hunting. I kill a lot of turkeys, you know. Um, and myself, I still spend a lot of time listening to people like the Panola guys and Dave Owens and the hunt in the public. I love all their advice. Yeah. I, I, I take it with me in the woods every year that I step foot in the woods. I've always got something new that they talk about every year. And nobody knows everything, you know. Right. But good advice and bad advice in every aspect of life is good to take in mind because at some point in life it's going to take place. It may not be the time you want it to, but um, I try to take in everything I can because you never know when that one trick or one different thing you could take and do is what it takes to kill a turkey. And if you don't have access to the Internet, I just say go out in the woods and be really quiet. Don't call. Don't call too much. If I'm going to call in a turkey, if if all I could do is yelp at one, my best advice is that. I would make it as quiet as I possibly can to where he can barely hear it to where, and he hears it. He's like, is that what I think I'm hearing? Or am, am I, am I imagining that, you know, really scratch at his ear and make his curiosity come alive. I mean, it may not work for every Turkey, but I've killed some turkeys that I couldn't kill at all. I couldn't call them in. I couldn't do nothing. And I went in there one day and I was just, just, I, he was in seeing distance and would not break or wouldn't do nothing. And I just wasn't making no sounds. I just got in close and I was just as quiet as I could be. And when he turned to what, when he turns away from you, you know, and you make that, and he's not looking directly at you, pinpointing you, and you make that little scratch at his ear. Mm-hmm. That may be like, huh, that, that don't sound too bad. I may want to ease over and check that out. And that's not every time working advice. There is no advice you can give somebody as a turkey hunter um, to kill one every time. Right. Not even somebody that runs around with a strutting fan. I mean, that's a 50-50 chance you're going to take every time you stick one out in front of you. But right. um, that's probably my best advice, man, is get with somebody. If you have that option, if you don't, there is so much advice that you can take from so many different people on the YouTube and all across the Internet. Um, yeah. 
and if you don't have that access, man, just dive into it and take it slow. There, it's it's not a race. It's not a numbers game. You mm. just take it at your own pace and yeah. make it your own thing. You know, work yeah. do what works for you. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. I love it because there is a lot of info out there, and uh, you know that most of us have access to with podcast and YouTube and everything else. So, yeah, that's awesome. Well, man, I have enjoyed it. I appreciate you coming on. And, Absolutely, uh, man. I, I appreciate you contacting me, and I appreciate the opportunity to kind of tell my side of things and my thoughts. Yes, sir. Um, with uh, 21 South, um, you want to just let everybody know kind of the best place to find you or what uh, you may have coming up if, you know, if it's something in the works or, or whatever? Man, we got a lot of big things planned this spring. We, um, me, myself, I've got seven states. I'm sp- I'm going to try my best to hit this spring. And uh, nice. the best place to find us is on Instagram as of now. It's 21 underscore south. And we got YouTube and all that kind of stuff. And anybody that would like to like and subscribe, just look us up, 21 south. Um, and you'll see our logo on there. And if you can like and subscribe, it's sure help and support us as we're doing what we're doing. Absolutely, man. I'm definitely going to gonna point everybody I can that way. And uh, like I said, I appreciate you coming on and uh, hope you hope you have a good one. We'll talk soon. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening once again to the Wannabe Hunting Podcast. I really appreciate it. Thanks for all the support. And uh, it's been fun uh, just getting to talk to all these guys who are uh, knowledgeable in the hunting field and uh, have businesses and uh, just get out there and film it and do these cool things and it's been cool to talk to him and uh, Toby was no different really nice guy awesome to talk to him about turkey hunting and uh, he's got some got some good experience with it and has caught some awesome stuff on film uh, for himself as well as uh, you know even spending a stint of time with the with the Primo's crew, so that's pretty cool. Uh, I had no idea when I first started talking to him that uh, he had done that. But uh, anyway, it was really cool talking with him. So I hope everybody is fired up for turkey season after hearing that. Um, I didn't uh, didn't get to take a turkey last year, so man, I'm I'm pumped to get out there and, and see what we can do. So let's uh, let's get our uh, shotgun sighted in. If you're going out with a bow, let's stay sharp on those. Let's, uh, you know, bust out the calls when you're riding down the road in the truck, you know, preferably by yourself, you know, bust out the calls and see what you can do. And, uh, let's, let's stay, let's stay with it. Let's, let's keep enjoying the hunt and everything that's going on with it. Uh, just a quick word. Let's, uh, let's stay vigilant with everything going on, uh, legislatively all over the place. Um, they are working on, uh, limiting hunting and eliminating hunting. And uh, we've got to make sure we we uh, contribute to the organizations that are going to keep hunting going and and let our voice be heard as best we can. So uh, let's let's do that and uh, let's get ready for an awesome spring, awesome turkey season. If you're up somewhere where it's frozen, hope uh, hope it thaws out for you soon. And uh, it's uh, pretty warm here in Florida today, so we're we're soaking in the sunshine. But uh, that's all right. We'll be sweating here soon. Hope you all have a great day. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again for supporting. Easiest way to follow along with what we have going on is on Instagram at Wannabe Hunting Podcast. Thanks so much. And as always, honor God, work hard, and keep hunting.
Thank you.